0: Hello, and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. Hey, over the past several weeks, we have been journeying through the life of Christ. And everything we've looked at in this series has come directly from the Gospels, And that will continue with this series, but today I want to deviate from only looking at the Gospels for today's sermon simply because I believe the Lord gave me a verse for today. Um, This verse, I believe, ties directly into really our topic for today, but I believe it's a, a now scripture meaning that God wants to speak something to us today. Before I share this scripture, let me kind of set this up for you of why I believe the Lord gave it to me. Last Sunday at Destiny Church, the Lord did something powerful in both services. First service, Lord moved in worship and Pastor Steve spoke for us last week and did an incredible job. If you didn't Hear that message or watch it. You can go online and find that at destinychurch.me. You can see that message. You can find it on our YouTube channel. But a powerful word. And then second service, God walked in the room during worship. And anytime that you're in a powerful service, you hesitate to sometimes put words on it. At least I do. I hesitate sometimes to label it. Of what it might have been, but last Sunday was one of the most powerful services I felt like I had been in in quite some time, maybe, maybe ever. And I, it just felt different. It felt like God was doing something deeper, uh, more real, more tangible in my life and in many of our lives. It. it Last Sunday felt like more than just a a good emotional moment. I felt as if God walked into Destiny Church last Sunday. And I felt like it was like he said, I'm ready to move and here's a taste of what I want to do. But in the midst of the overwhelming presence of the Lord, I felt like God was saying to me. And I felt like God was saying to us as a church, I'm here And I'm ready to do something powerful at Destiny Church and through Destiny Church. But it cannot be business as usual. So this past week, I've been kind of chewing on that. been kind of reflecting on just kind of that thought. And Monday or Tuesday, I can't remember which day it was, the Lord started speaking to me. He just kind of put a verse inside me, just a verse I hadn't thought of in quite some time. And it just kind of came into my mind, and I started chewing on that verse. And then every Thursday morning, I gather with a group of men, and we pray and just seek the Lord for Destiny Church. And Thursday, during that time of prayer, one of the men in that prayer group actually referenced this scripture. And when he said that scripture, again, it was like the Lord said, Chad, this is the scripture for Destiny Church in this moment, for today. So if you have your Bible, I want you to look at Joshua chapter 3, verse 5, Joshua chapter 3, verse 5, and you say we're journeying through the life of Christ, how are we looking at the book of Joshua, it's the Old Testament, well all of the Old Testament points to Jesus, right, all of the Old Testament points to Jesus, so in Joshua chapter 3, we see Joshua's first command to the nation of Israel, the nation of Israel had just got to the edge of the land that God had promised them after 40 years of wandering around. Have you ever felt like you wandered around just waiting for God to move? Well, the nation of Israel has been wandering for 40 years. They finally come to the edge of the land that God has promised them. Here's the deal though Moses, their faithful leader, is dead. And the vast majority of the Moses generation is dead. There's a few of them left. Joshua is now the leader of the nation of Israel. God is getting ready to use him to possess the land that God promised Moses to the children of Israel. And Joshua is given a command from the Lord and listen to Joshua's first command. It's like the Lord says, it's time to step into all that I have promised. I'm ready to move. I'm ready to bless. I'm ready to do wonders. But it's like the Lord said, but first of all, you have to do your part. And he's, it's like the Lord said, you can't keep doing business as usual. So let's look at it, Joshua chapter 3. Then Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves. Now the word sanctify is the, word, is the Hebrew word kabosh. And it means to be holy. It means to be set apart. It means to be sanctified. Kadosh, just to give you some reference, Kadosh is the word that the angels who gather around the throne cry 24 hours a day. There is no time or space in heaven. But to put it in our language, the angels gather around the throne 24 hours a day and they say, Kadosh, Kadosh holy holy that is what they cry out that is this word sanctified here it's the same thing as in in Leviticus chapter 11 verse 44 where god tells the people of israel you be holy for i am holy peter references that same verse in his in his letter be holy for i am holy sanctify is that same word holy or Kadosh, to sanctify ourselves, means to make ourselves more holy, to set ourselves apart so we can prepare for a move of God. That's what it means. So Joshua tells the people they need to prepare themselves. Listen, sanctify yourselves for his purpose for tomorrow. Everybody say tomorrow. Tomorrow. The Lord will do wonders or miracles among you. Joshua told the people of Israel the same thing I feel like the Lord has asked me to say to those of us in the room and to those of you watching online. It's time to sanctify ourselves. It's time to separate, listen to me, it's time to separate ourselves from anything that stands between us and God. Let me say it again. I believe the Lord is saying to Destiny Church, it is time to set ourselves apart from anything that stands between us and God. And it's time to completely, wholly, 100% dedicate ourselves to the Lord. And there is a very specific word that the Lord has given us for today that ties directly into today's teaching and to Joshua chapter 3. So the past several weeks, we've looked at the life of Christ. The past two weeks, we've looked at the three pillars of Jesus, faith, charity, and prayer. We looked at those in the past two weeks. We're going to look at the third one today. We see these in Matthew chapter 6, verse 16 through 18 is where we see the third one. Let's look at it. When you fast, and I promise all this is going to tie together, okay, so like, You just went from Joshua to fasting, all right? I promise you, it's all going to connect, and and God is going to move in just a moment. But when you fast, don't look gloomy and pretend to be spiritual. Hello. They, speaking of the religious crowd, Jesus is pointing and calling out the religious. They want everyone to know they're fasting. So they appear in public looking miserable and disheveled. Believe me, they have already received their reward. When you fast, don't let it be obvious, but instead wash your face and groom yourself and realize that your father in the secret place is the one who is watching all that you do in secret and he will continue to reward you. Fasting. We think of fasting really in the terms of not eating or abstaining from something that's very important in our lives. And yes, that's a part of it. It's a major part of it. When we fast, we don't eat. Or some of us, when we fast, we, have, we abstain from certain things in our life. But the question that we have to ask is, what is Jesus talking about here, and why do we fast? But better yet, why did the people in the Bible fast? Well, they fasted primarily for one reason. I'm going to show that to you in just a moment. But not only in the Bible when people fasted or prepared for a moment with the Lord did they not eat, but we see in multiple places in the Bible when people would fast or prepare themselves for a moment with the Lord, they would put sackcloth on their bodies and they would sit in ashes and they would even pour ashes over their head. Why did they do this? To prepare themselves for a moment with the Lord. And Bible history is filled with examples just like Joshua chapter 3 where people prepared themselves in very specific ways for a moment with the Lord. And Destiny Church, here's what I want to tell you. God is moving in Destiny Church, but I believe he's saying we have to prepare ourselves for the next step. He gave us a taste, but there's more than just a taste. And we have to prepare. And how did they prepare themselves in the Bible? Oftentimes, we would see them go into fasting, not eating. And we would see them putting on sackcloth and ashes. Or like they did in Joshua chapter 3 when they set themselves apart. What they did in that instance is they washed their body from head to toe. And they washed their clothes. And the second thing, the third thing they did, and a lot of you are going to say, I ain't ever doing this. But they abstained from sexual relations until the Lord released them. Hello? Why did they do this? Very simply, it was all about preparation. It was a sign to the Lord from that person that they were truly setting themselves apart, humbling themselves... So that the Lord could move in their life. Or here's this word it was a sign. This is the word that I believe God gave me to tie Joshua 3 and all of this together. It was a sign to the Lord that they were repentant. So when we look at the three pillars of Jesus' faith that we see him reference in Matthew chapter 6, when we talk about fasting, Jesus is actually talking about repentance. Because fasting in the Bible was ultimately about repentance. And one of the first steps toward repentance is you have to humble yourself. And that's where fasting comes in. That's where sackcloth and ashes come in. That's where people would begin to prepare themselves for a move or a moment with the Lord. And the ultimate purpose of fasting, the ultimate purpose, purpose of repentance was to, in essence, prepare the way for the Lord to show up and to move in your life or in a a group of people. It was prepare. So when Jesus is talking about fasting in Matthew chapter 6, he's talking about repentance. Well, when we find ourselves in the New Testament, the first person, the first time we begin to see and hear the words repent are coming off the lips of John the Baptist. John the Baptist was a forerunner to Jesus, meaning he was the one who was to prepare the way. And all four Gospels allude to this and point to this fact. And all four Gospels, as we saw in our Wednesday teaching on the life of Christ, all four Gospels use the words of the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3, to kind of tie it all together. And this is what it says. A voice cries in the wilderness prepare everybody say that word prepare Prepare. say it again say prepare. prepare prepare the way of the Lord make straight in the desert a highway for our God now I don't know about you guys, but for me, when I always read about John the Baptist, until I started digging into this study, when I would read about John the Baptist, I thought John the Baptist in the singular was the one who was to prepare the way for the Lord. And that is partly true. It was John's job to prepare the way, just as it's my job to prepare the way in the singular. But it's more than just himself. In Isaiah chapter 43, referenced by all four Gospels pointing to John, Isaiah chapter 43, the word prepare that I had you guys say just a moment ago, is not a singular verb. It's a plural verb, meaning it wasn't only John the Baptist's job to prepare the way. It was all the people of that day, the Jewish people of that day. It was their responsibility to prepare the way of the Lord. Sounds a little bit like the challenge in Joshua chapter 3 to me. It was not only the responsibility of Joshua alone to prepare the way. God didn't come to Joshua and say, hey Joshua, you prepare your heart, you repent, you pray, you seek my face, and when you do that, then I'll lead the people there. He's like, no. He told Joshua the same thing that is Going out for John. It is everyone's responsibility to prepare the way for the Lord to show up. I can't do it by myself. You can't do it by yourself. But when all of us come together and begin to prepare our hearts for a move of God, God can move. And that's what we see happening. Prepare yourselves as a whole is what he was telling Joshua. Prepare yourselves as a whole. Why? So that I can do wonders in your midst tomorrow. To the nation of Israel, through John the Baptist, prepare the way, make straight the path. Why? So that Jesus can come onto the scene and do what I've called him to do. Now, you have to understand something here. Repentance, when we see that in the Bible, is not always singular. I think we teach this a lot, that repentance is singular. It's not always singular. What do I mean by that? Meaning, it's not only always the individual that needs to repent. Sometimes the entire church body as a collective group needs to repent so that as a collective group, they can, like he was saying in Joshua 3, prepare the way of the Lord so that God can move. So sometimes it's not just an individual, sometimes it's the collective group. And so what I want to do today as your pastor is I want to talk with you for just the next few moments as a group. Can we do that? Not just as a group of individuals or a bunch of individuals, but I want to talk to Destiny Church as a whole both services today and to those watching online, maybe even down the road. I want to talk to us as a collective group, and I want to challenge us, Destiny Church, if we are going to prepare the way for Jesus to show up at Destiny Church and do miracles. If we, Destiny Church, are going to prepare the way for Jesus to show up in our homes and in our cities and in our schools and in our places of work, we have some work to do. We, this is important. If we want God to show up and do wonders in our midst, listen to me, then we as a collective group need to humble ourselves and repent to prepare the way. We must do as they did in Joshua chapter 3, and we must prepare. We must sanctify ourselves. We must set ourselves apart. Why? So that God can do miracles in our lives. I believe that God wants to do miracles. I believe that God wants to heal. I believe that God wants to save. I believe that God wants to set people free. But all of us together have to do that. Why? Because we is greater than me when it comes to a move of God. All right? I want to talk to you about repentance today. Before we do, let me pray. Jesus, I ask you in these next few moments... Would you be in this room today? Would you speak very clearly? Would you rend our hearts and rip them apart today? For a move of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In the book of Acts chapter 3, Peter has just finished preaching his first message. We see that in the book of Acts chapter 2. Peter preached 2,000 people were saved. Now we find him and John in Acts chapter 3, and they are going to the temple to pray. And on their way to the temple to pray, they encounter a, a lame man, a beggar. This lame man had not walked since birth. He had been this way for as long as anyone could remember, and this lame man on this day is doing what he had been doing for many, many years. He was sitting there saying, alms for the poor. He was begging, and he sees Peter and John approaching the temple, and he says, you know what? I'm going to ask these guys for some money. So he says, alms for the poor. He cries out, give me something. Well, Peter looks at him, and he says, hey, I don't have any silver, and I don't have any gold, but what I do have... I'm going to give to you, right? And so he says, he takes the man by the hand. He says, get up and walk. And then the man gets up and walks. And you say, why are you telling this story? Well, because I want you to see what happens next. This man gets excited dancing around. Literally, if you begin to look into some of the translations and some of the original language, he is in essence hanging on to Peter's robe as they're walking in the temple, and he's dancing, and he's shouting. And the people who are in the temple, they are now excited because they've walked right by this guy many times, and they've seen this lame man, and now he's walking in the temple, and he's healed, and they're excited. And so Peter, though, if you read Acts chapter 3, he looks at the crowd that is excited about this man being healed, but Peter Peter realizes these are the very same people that just a few days ago were crying, crucify him. These are the same people that are rejoicing because of a miracle that Jesus did, not Peter, but they're rejoicing for something that Jesus did and they're celebrating and Peter's thinking something's off here. Now, if I'm Peter in this situation, I am probably going to point fingers and condemn them. You just murdered Jesus. There's no hope for you. But Peter begins to preach the gospel to them. And he's like, hey, you guys are the ones who just a moment ago murdered Jesus. But you can read it in Acts 3. He said, you did this into ignorance. But it was to fulfill what the prophets had said. But there's still hope for you. And he says, here's the hope for you. And here's the hope for us today. And we see it in Acts chapter verse Verse 19, I want you to look at it. And now you. Now, something you have to remember, though, is I just told you, Peter is talking to a collective group of people who had just murdered Jesus, right? So he's not talking to an individual here. He's talking to a collective group of people. He's talking to the church. And listen, he says, and now you... The Jewish people, you must repent and turn back to God so that your sins will be removed so that times of refreshing will stream from the Lord's presence. What's Peter saying? Hey, all of you, what's God saying to Destiny Church? All of you, in light of your past sins, to the nation here, to the people in the church, to the people in this temple, he's saying, in light of the fact that just a few days ago you just murdered Jesus. He's talking to the collective group. He's saying, repent of your sins and turn back to God. But the next portion of this verse is what I find extremely powerful. This is where life change takes place. Repent, turn back to God, in essence, prepare the way, make straight the path so that God can show up and listen, so that times of refreshing will stream from the Lord's presence. I believe when we repent as a group, we, pre- we create a way for God to move. Three of us are in agreement. Don't miss the power of this verse. This is what I hear God saying to Destiny Church. Destiny Church, I want to do powerful things. Things you haven't dreamed of. Things you haven't thought about. Things you haven't schemed up in your mind. Things you couldn't make happen. More than just feeling some goosebumps and some tingles. I want to heal people. I want to save people. I want to deliver people. I want to make families whole. I want to restore finances. I want to do great things in your city, in your home, and in your school, but repentance prepares the way. Acts 3.19, repent and turn back to God. Why? So that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Repentance. Three thoughts on repentance today, and then we're going to take an opportunity to repent. Number one, repentance requires a change of mind. If you're not a note taker today, take notes, write this down, put this in your heart. Repentance requires a change of mind. The Greek word most commonly translated as repent in the New Testament in the noun form is the word metanoia. It means to change one's mind or to change one's Purpose. Listen to me. Get this if you don't get anything else today. When God tells us to repent, he's not saying to simply say, I'm sorry. That's what we've taught in the church. Repentance is coming to God and saying, I'm sorry. Listen, there's an element of that, but it goes way beyond that. Repentance is more than being sorry. God is asking us to change our minds and to turn away from our lifestyle and turn toward Him. Turn from your sin toward God. Repentance is a change of mind. Mark chapter 1 verse 15. Jesus says this. The time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Again, Jesus is not asking us to simply say, I'm sorry. Repentance is much, much more than that. Jesus is making it clear that to enter into the kingdom of God is a two-step process, turning our minds away from sin and to God. It's not enough to be sorry. I want you to get this today. It's not enough to be sorry that you sinned. It's definitely not enough to be sorry that you got caught sinning. True repentance requires a change of mind. True repentance, I believe, to take it even deeper, requires a complete change of mind. Some people think that repentance is about feelings. I want to tell you, most things in the kingdom of God have nothing to do with feelings. Repentance is not a feelings kind of word. Yes, there are some feelings in it. I do feel sorry, I do. but repentance is not a feelings word. it's an action word. Metanoia. It's a change of paradigm. It's a change of our thinking. I listen to me here's, here's the kicker today. I can't just say I'm sorry and then go back to what I was doing before. Let me say that again, hear this Lord help me communicate this Lord. I believe right now is what the Lord's saying. Repentance is more, you can't just say, I'm sorry, because that's what a lot of us do, but we have no intention of changing. I'm sorry, but I plan on doing this Friday what I did last Friday. That's not repentance. That's, I hope that if the rapture happens this week, I punch my ticket into heaven. Repentance is more than this. It's more than just doing what I was doing before. Repentance is a change of mind. No longer am I going to do business as usual. It's a change of mind, but it's also a change in direction. And number two, repentance requires a change of direction. I've got to change my mind, but I've also got to change the direction I was going. Change of mind and change of direction. Now, I'm gonna, let me say something to you that you're going to think, what in the world are you talking about? I promise I'm going somewhere with it. If you're in New York, which you couldn't go there right now because of COVID. But anyway, if you're in New York and I tell you to come to Los Angeles, you couldn't go there either because of COVID. <laughs> I don't need to tell you. If, if, I, if I say, hey, I want you to come and meet me in Los Angeles. And you're in New York. I don't have to tell you you're going to have to leave New York to come to Los Angeles, right? I know that to go somewhere else, I've got to leave where I am, right? What are you talking about, Pastor Chad? Well, I can't truly come to be a part of the kingdom of God unless I leave my sin. Hello? I can't. I can't go to New York City if I don't leave Los Angeles. I can't become a true child of God unless I change direction. I've got to leave where I am to go somewhere new. Ezekiel chapter 14 verse 6. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Repent and do what? Turn from your idols and renounce all of your detestable practices. Change direction. Not only am I sorry. I'm sorry I sinned. But I'm also going to change my mind. But I'm not going to keep going the same direction. I'm going to turn from my idols. I'm going to turn from my sin. I'm going to turn from my evil ways. And I'm going to run toward God. Turn from God. Change of mind. Change of behavior. Change in action. When God, listen to me, when God changes your mind, I believe that God will change your lifestyle. Hello? I believe a lot of us have never really repented because our lifestyles have never been changed. Change of mind, change of direction. A God changed mind will always result in a God changed direction. Let me say it again. A God changed mind will always result in a God changed direction. Let me ask you a question today where are you headed? Are you going to continue to trek down the path, the direction you've been going? Or are you going to stop and change direction? That word metanoia is actually a military term. When they're marching in one direction, they would say metanoia. And it means stop, turn around, and go the other direction. Stop. Stop. Turn around and go the other direction. I'm sinning. I hope you hear God say, metanoia, change, go a different direction. Not only am I sorry, not only am I changing my mind, but I'm going to change my direction, and I'm going to run toward Jesus. Hello? Number three, I believe repentance prepares the way. Or another way we could say this, repentance precedes a move of God. Joel chapter 2. Let me read some scriptures to you today. This is why the Lord says, this is Joel chapter 2, verse 12. This is why the Lord says, turn to me now while there is time. I hear This is the Lord saying this at Destiny Church. Come on, get this. Turn to me now while there is time. I told you at the beginning of this message, and I just feel the Lord saying this right now. Joshua 3, 5 is a now scripture. This is the Lord saying now is the time. Tomorrow there might not be time you saying the rapture's happening tomorrow? No. I'm saying the Lord's going to try to find somebody where he can move in their house. The Lord's trying to find somebody. I'm not saying Jesus is coming back tomorrow, but I do believe that the days of just kind of being casual and playing the church game have got to die. And the Lord is looking for some people who will die to themselves and say, now's the time. I'm going to change direction. I'm going to go a new way. I've done this thing for a long time, but I'm going to change direction. Here's what he's saying. This is what the Lord says. Turn to me now while there is time. Give me your hearts. Come with fasting and weeping and mourning. Don't tear your clothing and your grief. It's kind of like what he's even saying to, the, to the, the priests in Matthew chapter 6. They put on a show. God's saying, I don't need you to tear your clothes. God's saying, I don't need you to put on sackcloth. I don't need you to put ashes on your head. God's just saying, I need you to rip your hearts. I need your hearts to change. I need your mind to change. I need you to go a brand new direction. Return to the Lord your God, for he is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He is eager to relent and not punish. Hello? He knows. And here's the quick, here's the deal. Perhaps he will give you a reprieve, sending you a blessing instead of a curse. Prepare the way. Sanctify yourselves. For tomorrow, the Lord wants to do miracles. So we see that they repented. Now look at it. Skip ahead to verse 28. Then, after doing all these things, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Listen to me. Repentance always precedes a move of God. You can look at revival history. You can look at church history. Repentance always precedes a move of God. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. (laughs) Old men aren't going to just get up and go pee is what it's saying. It's saying they're going to dream some dreams. (laughs) And your young men will see some visions. Man, Lord, I pray that our men and our women begin to see some dreams and begin to have some visions. I pray that our 10-year-old boys begin to have some visions. I believe this is what God is saying. I believe, God, you want to do this. In those days, I will pour out my spirit on servants and men and women alike. And listen to this. And I will cause wonders in the heavens and on the earth. God is saying, Destiny Church, if you want to prepare a way for me to show up as individuals and as a church, if you want me to move in your house, if you want me to move in your church, if you want me to move in your heart, if you want me to move in your city, if you want me to move in your school, doing what you've always been doing isn't going to work anymore. It's time to repent, change your mind, and change your direction. I want to heal people. I want to save people. I want to deliver people. I want to restore marriages. I want to restore finances. I want to get people out of their wheelchairs. I want dreams to be restored. But God says repentance precedes a move of God. Business as usual isn't cutting it anymore. So here's the challenge today as I close. Joshua 3, 5. It's time to sanctify ourselves, Destiny Church, for his purpose. For tomorrow and listen to me, I, I believe that when when that when we read that word tomorrow, sometimes in the kingdom of God it could mean down the road. I believe God's saying it right now. I believe I, I, this week in prayer I felt Lord like Lord's saying, Chad, I'm putting the pedal to the metal. And things that used to take years are gonna take days. And days are gonna take hours, hours are gonna take minutes. We've got to sanctify ourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do miracles among us. Listen to me. This is a command for us as a collective group. It's time to repent. It's your time to prepare the way. But it starts with the individual. It starts with me. It starts with you. So I ask you today, who's with me?